0: Welcome to Reading the Rainbow, brought to you by the Dolphin County Library System. For the book curious looking for their next good LGBTQ plus read, listen in as queer library staff discuss the own voice stories they've been reading. Hello, my name is Ashley. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them.
1: Hello, my name is Lauren,
0: and my pronouns are they, them.
1: Hello, my name is Trista, and my pronouns are she, her, they, them. So this
0: week, we're discussing The Lolo Woods, written by Carmen Maria Machado, illustrated by Danny. This is Carmen's debut limited-run comic series published by Hill House, which is part of DC Comics. The Lolo Woods is a graphic novel that consists of six issues. It's a queer horror story, and in an interview, Carmen classifies it as Pennsylvania Gothic. Carmen herself is from eastern Pennsylvania, but was drawn to the landscapes and small mining towns of central Pennsylvania for this story. Before we jump in too deep into this, I did want to give like a quick content warning for our listeners. It is a horror graphic novel. There is violence, there is a little bit of gore, and there is insinuation of sexual assault as well.
2: Daughter to Think Pennsylvania is plagued by a mysterious illness that eats away at the memories of the affected by it. L and Octavia are two best friends who find themselves the newest victims of this disease after waking up in a movie theater with memory of the past few hours. As L and V dive deeper into the mystery behind their lost memories, they realize the stories of their town hold more dark truth than they could have imagined. It's up to L and V to keep their town from falling apart, to keep the world safe from Shudder to Think's monsters. So to be honest, this is the first horror graphic
0: novel that I've ever read. So it was kind of a lot to, to take in. And sometimes I was just thinking like, am, am I fully understanding what what's happening? Am I supposed to fully understand what's happening? But I don't know I was curious you know what your experience was, Tristan Oren, and you know, was it similar to
1: my struggle? At the beginning, I definitely think the storytelling was set up a little bit slow. So it was harder to understand. Like they were already putting in a lot of subtext and innuendos that couldn't really be picked up until you got the context later in the story. So I can relate.
2: Yeah, I definitely think it's a book that kind of asks you to reread it at least once. And I I think each time you reread, I think you're going to get a little bit more out of it for sure.
0: Oh, maybe that was my mistake. I didn't reread it. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. I think I'll try
2: that. I think one thing that really stood out to me while reading was the actual setting of the story. As someone who's born and raised in Pennsylvania, I think I knew within like the first chapter or two. I was like, "This author has to have been from Pennsylvania." I don't know what it was, but I just like immediately got that vibe. I knew mm-hmm. because you know it says it's set in Pennsylvania, but like reading it, I was like, "This author is from Pennsylvania." <laughs> that was really impressive to me that they kind of managed to capture that setting so well that it came through that strongly.
0: Yeah. And I read an interview that she's from Eastern PA, so out near Philly, and this is, you know, more set in central PA, more rural. She mentions Centralia quite often, which is like an hour North from where we are in Dauphin County. I don't know if either of you are familiar with it. It was a coal mining town, but it is essentially abandoned. I think there are like five people left living there. And once they pass, no one else is allowed to live there because coal mines underneath are literally on fire. And so it's a creepy old abandoned town. And even though she's not from central rural Pennsylvania, I had the similar feeling, or Just the vibes that you get from the characters and their discussions, like how l and V talk about college and that, that kind of struggle. And I think that's something that people can experience anywhere. But yeah, I can't put my finger on on it. I also got that feeling, too, that, you know, she's definitely from Pennsylvania.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, because, like, if I had to describe it, I don't know what it is, because, like you said, there's nothing about it that's super, like, specific or anything like that. It's all stuff that I think most people could relate to. But yeah, there's something reading
1: it that just felt very recognizable. I don't know if I would have necessarily understood that it was in Pennsylvania to begin with. I mean, I definitely picked up on the rural mountain town kind of vibes. So yeah, I mean, Pennsylvania. (laughs) I'm from a rural town in Pennsylvania, so I can definitely relate with those vibes a lot like most of the time if you're out at night like they are several times in the comic there's no one else around it's a very private and intimate setting and i think in the context of the horror story that really set the mood for a lot of things that happened because it's really only them two against the forces that they're facing. And it was a good opportunity to explore their relationship on an intimate level. Yeah, I agree.
2: I liked that it was a a friendship that was at the center of the story. You know, there's definitely, you know, other relationships going on, but I I really liked the, the friendship between L and V. They feel like people that are friends and will you know were friends before the story opened and uh, will continue to have that relationship, you know, after the book is over.
0: Yeah, I was really impressed with both the writing and the illustration of their friendship. And, you know, it's only six issues. And so you could definitely sit down and read it all in one sitting, but you do get a very strong sense of their friendship and even a bit of their their history and, you know, arguments that they've gotten into and how they always come back to each other and have like that kind of magnetic pull to- towards one another. And yeah, I just, I always love when stories focus on like, a really strong friendship rather than, you know, a romance, which are okay too. I, yeah, I just, I, I really like that as it like
1: contrasted with all the disturbing things that were going on in their town. I definitely think that romance plays an important role in a lot of stories as well. But I think I'd have to agree with you that I enjoyed the fact that they were were friends, but they still had this intimate, close relationship. And the fact that they were both lesbians as well, but they were just friends is good representation. And it shows that not every relationship you have, even if you are attracted to the same sex, has to go down a romantic route in order for it to be a meaningful and a connective relationship. Yeah, that's a good insight. I feel like
0: that's a fairly common theme, not necessarily in own voice stories, but in stories where an author includes queer friends they'll end up together, you know, in the end. And yeah, that's not really realistic. Not all the time anyway. I'm curious what you all thought of Danny's art style, especially since Danny is an artist from Greece. And so this is a totally new landscape and also a culture. So this takes place
2: in, I think the 90s, right? I think so. Yeah. I I read an interview where she was kind of talking about how it was like, a learning experience for her to, you know, learn this whole, like, new time period and culture and everything. Because, of course, like, the 90s here were very different to the 90s in Greece. The author sent her a lot of reference photos and stuff like that. And I think she did a really good job. And I think her her style in general, I think, worked really, really well with the tone of the story. You know, it's got this really great darkness to it, but it does get too, like, lost in that. It has, like, kind of a looseness to it, but it, I don't think it gets too, like, messy sometimes I like see that in graphic novels. It's not detailed, but sometimes it, it almost feels too messy and it's hard to tell kind of what's going on. And I, I don't think this had that. I thought it worked really well.
1: I'd have to agree. I think the the art style is pretty neat and clean to understand. I also really enjoyed their use of color in it. There's tons of gradients and they did a great job at choosing colors that would blend well together and set the mood for the particular scene that is going on. I definitely noticed that during some of that, the happier scenes that they tend to use more greens and yellows, which, you know, just displays the, the mood that's going on at the time. And during some of the scenes where it's darker and sad, or even, you know, some of the angry settings, they use lots of blues and reds to communicate that as well.
0: Yeah. I kind of, picked up on that too. And I feel like we need to give credit to the colorist as well, Tamara Bonvalin for that. I didn't notice it as I was reading it, but it definitely like affected how I responded emotionally and then flipping through and, you know, after reading it and thinking about the artwork a little bit more, I kind of realized that and I thought it was very cleverly done and yeah, the art style is loose at times. Like a lot of times there's just like incredible detail and other times things become scribbles. And I think that just kind of gives it, I don't want to say dreamlike state, but the opening scene, they're in a V and L are in a movie theater and they wake up having fallen asleep and not knowing what happened, but realizing that something happened, you know, and kind of in that foggy mindset. And I feel like the art style kind of helps carry that through the story as they're trying to figure out what the heck is going on in their town. I thought it was really interesting. I know some people might not enjoy that art style,
1: but I think it fits really well with Carmen's story. I think that's a style that a lot of people who do graphic novels or manga end up doing where some scenes are more detailed than others because it it definitely saves time whenever you're doing art. But I feel like in this particular graphic novel, back to what Ashley was saying, where they used it in a more clever way to kind of create the illusion of being in that dreamlike state and having the more detailed scenes set for whenever the characters are more hyper aware of the situations that are going on.
0: Earlier, we mentioned that this is a limited run series, right? There's only six issues, and it's a fast read. And there's a lot that happens. And I feel like you find out a lot right at the end. So how did you feel about that? Did you like the pacing? Or did you kind of wish that there was, you know, more pages for them to explain everything?
1: I don't really feel like the story needed to be drawn out any more than it already was. You know, sometimes there's a finite amount of story and it's okay to end where you did. Drawing it out can often tend, at least in my experience with reading, tend to lead to boredom or giving up on reading the thing altogether. But I feel like the pacing and the way that it was set kept me interested the entire time that I was reading. And at the end, whenever they did give you the information, I wasn't left wanting more. I feel like they summed it up and the issues that they they released pretty well. It didn't really need a, any more to it.
2: Yeah, I agree. It seems pretty clear that, you know, Carmen had kind of story in mind and knew the beginning and the ending of it. And the story reflects that, I think. And I think if you were to try and, and stretch it out too much, it would kind of fall apart.
1: Not to mention the pacing at the beginning is already kind of slow to set up the mysterious plot line. If they were to drag it out even more, the problems with becoming bored reading the story might have been even worse. Yeah, that's, that's a good point.
0: And I feel like pacing kind of fits because at first I was like, oh, this is kind of slow to get into. Like, when is something going to happen and speed it up? But you think about the setting and what's taking place. It's a rundown town. Things are kind of slow anyway. and. It's a coming of age story. So these two friends are getting ready to graduate and thinking about what they're going to do next, which also kind of feels like a dragged out process when you're that age and getting ready for that jump. And then suddenly they figure out what's happening. And so I think it makes sense for it to start out slow and then like have all of this information right at the end. At first, I wasn't sure how I liked it, but I think it was really well thought out and makes a lot of sense.
1: Thinking about the overall arc of the story and the way that it's done now that we've had some time to discuss it, I feel like it kind of relates with how people remember things that were traumatic to them anyway, where things are kind of fuzzy. It's like, you know, something happened, but you're not exactly sure. So you sit down and you try and think about it and you try and work through it. But then there's like this huge rush of all the memories that come racing back. You get your brain gets a huge information dump whenever you're having flashbacks. And I think that was something very clever for the author to do, given the traumatic plot line of the story. Yeah, Tristan, that's a really good connection that you just made. Kind of going back to what I was saying before about, you know, the themes of trauma and how we deal with it. It's like some people just wanna forget the things that happen to them and some people wanna to live through it and experienced that. And I feel like the emphasis that they put on that both ways of coping are valid was a really important message to people who have been through situations that the character had been through in the book. There's no right way to cope. As long as you're coping in a way that isn't affecting others around you, you should be able to make the choice for yourself.
0: Yeah, I think the author and the artist both put a lot of care into you know getting that message across. I mean, there are several spreads in which they show people in the town making that decision for themselves. You know, whether they're in a room by themselves making that choice, or if they're with family or friends or loved ones who are supporting them through that decision. I don't think there were really any words tied into that. I think it was mostly imagery with some narration from one of the protagonists. Yeah, that was really powerful. And I was very glad that that happened because when you find out what's going on in the town and this trauma that people are coming to terms with or deciding whether or not they want to come to terms with, I had to put the book down and walk away for a little bit. It was just a lot for me. I I don't know what I was expecting. Then sitting back down and having that scene played out, it really helped me finish the book and think, like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that." I think that was really important for for me personally to have that
2: kind of tie things up at the end for all of its kind of you know, weirdness. It's actually in a lot of ways a fairly realistic and just grounded story. I like when it comes down to it, you know, like you said, it's a story about trauma, and I think generational trauma, especially. It's layered in metaphors, I think, but I I appreciated the realism of it.
1: One last thing in the book that I wanted to address is the figure of the deer character. I'm not sure if they were going for it intentionally, but there are, don't want to say folklore, I don't think that's exactly what it is, you know, myths about deer-shaped characters in heavily wooded areas and rural areas. These figures basically feed on, like, you know, the discourse and disharmony of other people. And the fact that they're using one in this particular context and it shows up so many times, especially during conflict, was just a good piece of storytelling. And everybody who knows the type of creature that it's based off of, having it in this particular story was a fantastic piece of storytelling on their part. So, listeners, if you are looking for a creepy, kind of weird,
0: horror graphic novel that centered on friendship and and kind of working together
1: to to figure out a mystery,
0: this book might be for you.
1: That wraps up our discussion about The Lolo Woods, created by Carmen Maria Mikado and Donnie. Join us the next episode as we cover She Walks for Days Inside a Thousand Eyes by Sharon Prue-Turner.
2: This has been Reading the Rainbow, a Dauphin County Library System podcast for books by and about the LGBTQ plus community. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow us for new book discussions. And if we've piqued your interest in this episode's selection, consider borrowing it from your local library. Thanks for listening.